From the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce, I'm Jeremy Henderson. And I'm Christy Gillenwater, and this is Chattanooga Works. Today we are joined by an illustrious panel of experts in the entrepreneurial community here in Chattanooga. We have Alexis Willis, Director of Small Business and Entrepreneurship at The Incubator, Marcus Shaw, CEO of CoLab, and Hal Bowling, Founder and CEO of Launch Chattanooga. Welcome. Thank Thank you. you. We're fired up to have you all with us today, so thanks for joining us. Yes. So uh, why don't we sort of go around the table here first and tell me a little bit about the organizations that you work for. Uh, Marcus? Yeah. So I am the CEO of CoLab. CoLab, also called the Company Lab, is a venture development organization here in Chattanooga. We're located in the Edney Building uh, at the heart of the Innovation District. And we help companies, whether small, medium-sized local growth businesses like local coffee shops or retail operations, as well as high-growth businesses that are addressing markets all across the country or the globe, develop and accelerate their business. And so we do this through programmatic opportunities for companies to meet with advisors to help them build capital, capacity, and customers over the course of their time with us. And then we support them as alumni of our program as well. Awesome. Hal, why don't you tell us a little bit about Launch? Sure. Uh, we're a uh, similar organization and a partner of CoLab. And um, in 2011, we started, we were really an initiative that was uh, sort of attempting to try to be more inclusive in our city and to reach out to low-income communities, uh, minorities, women. So that's still our focus today. We really look to entrepreneurship to empower folks uh, who have ideas, may not know where to start with those. And so we're early stage with um, a lot of different types of entrepreneurs. And our, our uh, work is both with sort of training on the front end and then a lot of different kinds of support for several years following that. Excellent. And Alexis, why don't you tell us about the incubator? So the Incubator is a Chattanooga Chamber program, um, and we also partner with CoLab and Launch and do something similar, but the businesses are a little bit more mature, and uh, we provide space for them um, and regular uh, coaching and counseling to help them grow into a sustainable enterprise. And the Incubator, I might say, is located in North Chat, if you're not familiar with it, right there on Manufacturers Row, and is a collaboration with Hamilton County. So we appreciate the county's partnership on that mm-hmm. program. What sort of attracted you to this space to begin with? For me, it was uh, my own experience, my own journey with uh, as an entrepreneur with starting businesses, and um, I think I learned sort of firsthand what it was, what it took, and some of the challenges that were involved in it. Um, but particularly around the feeling of isolation when you're starting a company, and and you, you have partners, and you have funders and you have, you know, all kinds of folks that you're working with. But, um, but that ultimately led me to start a business, um, basically working with, with entrepreneurs and sort of helping them through their startup journey, thinking about their business and capital, uh, capital is another issue, I think. Um, so, so, uh, for, for me, sort of that firsthand experience and then really working with, with entrepreneurs in this business and realizing that, um, that, you know, we really have to do a, a better job, I think, in a, and be more, more uh, intentional about trying to reach out to everyone in our community to make sure that we're getting kind of a whole whole range of business ideas and folks from all over the place as entrepreneurship continues to decline in uh, in the country. 
Yeah, I think for for me it was twofold. Um, number one, my background was primarily in public equities, investment banking. Um, what I thought was most interesting is that all these companies, you know, companies worth a hundred billion dollars, they all start off as a startup at some point in time, just like you know the biggest football players or biggest athletes. We all start off as a baby. And so there was something intriguing to me about the nature of developing companies from their infancy, knowing where they want to get to, right? And having some some insight around what large companies look like. One of the things that I took away from that is that whether you're a large company or a startup, the same three things are critical, and that's building, managing, and selling. And so that's part of the ethos that we've brought to Colab and to the entrepreneurial ecosystem is around sharing some of those practices with startup companies. Um, I think the second thing, and, and it's briefer, is that Chattanooga just looks like a really ripe opportunity for startup businesses. I think the combination of an entrepreneurship uh, culture here in the city uh, combined with some really incredible natural resources, and I include the gigabit infrastructure in the natural resources, I include um, you know, the really affordable real estate and lifestyle that we have as part of the natural resources, it seemed like a great opportunity to pair up, um, you know, really cool infrastructure with some knowledge that that I had around business. Mine's a little bit different. Um, So I grew up in the house of an entrepreneur. So my dad, I've never seen him punch a clock. I tell this story over and over. But that really was um, inspiring watching that grow up. Um, As I grew up, um, my brothers are also entrepreneurs. And I watched some of the highs and lows of, of them growing their their businesses. One of them owns a fitness um, company down in Atlanta and slept in his gym until he got the capital he needed to take it to where it is now. And so those kind of journeys are the reason why I moved into this space. I did have my own um, company. I still do. It's just on the back burner so that I can help birth other companies. Um, but Natural Beautiful Me, and I just noticed that my um, highs and lows were similar to others. And I just felt like I wanted to move into a space where I can support them through those seasons in the way I did. I thought what I needed was capital, but what I needed was a really great idea, a solid idea first before I started looking for capital. Um, And then realized I didn't need to ask anyone for it. I had a good enough idea that people were willing to pay for it. So I get to be in a space where I teach others the same lesson. Okay. So it sounds like a lot of you have sort of direct experience. Um, and Marcus touched on this a little bit, but what what do you see as sort of unique about Chattanooga that is attractive to um, people with an entrepreneurial mindset? I might I might chime in a little bit and say, you know, I think, you know, you've hit on a little bit how you talked about how entrepreneurship is, is down, you know, in the U.S., but you look at us and you look at kind of, and Marcus talked about, you know, um, the environment here, but I think we've we're now on the national scene. We've we've crafted this this beautiful story backed by some fantastic individual stories that all add up to a collective beautiful story about how we've arisen in the U.S. as a a community to reckon with when it terms in terms of entrepreneurial ecosystem. Now, I think we would all argue around this table. There are other things we can be doing, and we constantly have to tend to it. Right, just like a business, it's like this ecosystem has to be tended to and molded on a 
constant basis to not only look at what else is going on out there, but to also move with the companies who are moving with us. Um, but but it, it, it's so exciting to me to see the three of you and, and, and what you represent, the organizations you represent, and, and the, the support that you're providing. So, you know, we're it, it's like we're getting our PhD now almost, or, or maybe we've graduated, we're on to graduate school in terms of, you know, an entrepreneurial ecosystem compared to others in the country. And yeah, so curious yeah. on your thoughts there. I think, Chrissy, I think you hit on this reinvention. I think the city's ability to reinvent itself kind of lends to this entrepreneurial mindset. Um, and so I think even, you know, I came down here two years ago from D.C. Um, you know, Chrissy recently relocated from from Indiana. I think you both are from, have foot roots here in Chattanooga. Um, but I think for people that are coming from outside the city, you know, they see a city that's reinventing itself, a city that's nimble and flexible, and that it's the type of environment that entrepreneurs really thrive in and that they seek. Yeah, I agree. That's some, that's, you know, you definitely get a perspective of it. Even for me, you know, spending the last 30 years of my life here, yeah. uh, when you travel and you see other cities and you see the challenges that they face, it really does make you realize how special Chattanooga is, particularly around the entrepreneurial ecosystem that we have. And I always say to folks in other cities, I think one of the strengths we have is that we really do work well together and um, and, and partner well together on this in this space on this issue because um, and, and it's for the for the sake of the new businesses that are coming and starting and so um, I do think we've bought into that idea that startups are sort of uh, where we where we see the future of our city and to me that's a great thing and so I think we have a lot of a lot of uh, different sectors I mean you know businesses that are here we've got we've got kind of some cool even before you know kind of beyond uh, or further back than the uh, industrial era we've got some cool business stories here like coke bottling and and some of those that are that are just fun um fun stories and so i think there's some inspiration there like you mentioned marcus the internet um, that we have that's pretty amazing we've got a lot of corporate involvement in the work we do um Chambers awesome, you know, in terms of what we what we have here and kind of world class award winning that you guys are are uh, getting and and um, and you know city government county government I think there there's some things there that we're um, talking through right now that are pretty pretty exciting too in terms of just involvement and really what they want to see so I think there are just a lot of different pieces there that really really make it all work and um, if we can keep communicating well and and uh, working well partnering well I think that will we'll keep seeing the trend continue towards more businesses started here. So as we're constantly reinventing ourselves um, and changing, what do you all see the future of that ecosystem looking like? Are there some trends that you see going forward that are, that are going to change things or? So I think there are, you know, there are a few key industries where I think Chattanooga has a competitive advantage. Um, in fact, at Colab, we've kind of repositioned, our programs around those. Um, I think food, beverage, outdoors. Um, this city continues to show up as one of the top cities in the world um, for outdoor recreation and outdoor adventure. Uh, food and beverage is a natural tag along to that. I mean, I think I've seen more independent restaurants and coffee shops and brands, consumer brands in this region um, than most other cities that I've lived in. I think we continue to innovate around the internet infrastructure that we have here and EPB, when you think about where telecom companies show up generally in terms of how attractive they are to the consuming public, 
EPB is at the other end of the spectrum. I mean, people love EPB here. They love the the support that they get from the company and the infrastructure. And so I think that will continue to be an advantage. Um, and then logistics and healthcare, right? And I know Chrissy's doing a lot of great work leading um, a, a consortium of healthcare opportunities for us here in the city. And I think that logistics has done that as well. Um, so I think that Chattanooga can be on its path to being one of the leading cities in the country in all four of those categories, um, because I think that's a place where we've developed a competitive advantage. And so I think that the future for this region is bright in a number of places, but certainly around um, those areas and clusters where we have some expertise and, and historical relevance. You know, Marcus, I might highlight a couple of things you mentioned, you know, your thoughts about dining. You know, it's interesting when you talk to the CVB, they'll tell you the the reason people come back for a second visit to Chattanooga is for our dining scene. And I think to your point, it is evolving and it, it drives tourism, but it also obviously drives quality of life for all of us too. It creates employment opportunities, et cetera. So that's really exciting. And you're right on the outdoor side. It's not just for recreation and for all of us who live here or, or those who visit, but also companies who are in that space. Space, though. What a space to to craft a business right here. And I know we have several incubator clients. There are obviously a number in the community who are in that space, but uh, it's an exciting time. And what I love is our size. You know, we're not a major metro where it's overwhelming to launch a business here and be connected if you're one of those sectors or, or just in general. You know, we're, but yet we're large enough where you can build a customer yeah. base. You know, it's like we're right in that sweet spot size-wise of, of getting connected and, and at the same time having enough customer base to launch a business. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think you can get networked in our city really quickly. I mean, you could you could come here from outside. I mean... You guys are good examples of that. I think I mean, when I think about, I mean, I know Marcus is very well connected. You've been here a couple of years, and you know already. You know now that's not 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 to diminish your own ability. I'm sure you would have done that in New York City just the same. But not, not but, at all. But, <laughs> yeah. but it is pretty amazing. I mean, I think it's a it's a cool thing about about uh, Chattanooga that that we're all able to do that. To to that point, um, Hal and I had an opportunity to visit. You know, one of the biggest bright light entre- I mean the, the equivalent for the incubator um, in a city that's probably 20 times the size of, of Chattanooga and we went over there and we tried to get into the building and we literally couldn't get in right it, don't tell them where it is I will not tell them where it is but please don't <laughs> tell them where it is but but the the irony of you know trying to be an entrepreneur be in the ecosystem and you're closed off whereas I know for everybody here I mean, people walk into our offices and our buildings every day um, without appointments just to be part of the ecosystem, right? And I mean, even for the chamber, right? I mean, you have people that come and meet you every day and see you every day on the street. I think um, the the openness and accessibility of this city is unparalleled to any city I've ever lived in. And I think that is, again, what makes it an incredible opportunity for entrepreneurs as well as for companies, right? I think this balance between you know, larger companies and startup ecosystem is something that uh, the chamber's taken incredible leadership around and is helping drive um, growth around that dynamic. I think one of the other trends I'm seeing is manufacturing, which I think historically has been, I mean, that's what some of our legacy businesses are in. Um, And I'm seeing from yoga mats to hot sauce to moonshine cakes. I mean, these people are producing product, pouring candles, um, so it's one that I've been paying a lot of attention to is how do we get the resources needed for them to sustain their manufacturing business? Sometimes they just need a seamstress 
or they need to figure out the logistics side or importing, exporting. It's a lot of conversation around manufacturing right now, at least at the incubator. So we have a lot going for us, which is great, it sounds like. Um, what are some of the biggest barriers you guys see, um, and, and how do we overcome those? I'll just mention one of the things that we're working on. Obviously, our focus is on uh, minorities and women and uh, folks that live in lower-income communities. And so our uh, – I mean, I guess as, as far as seeing some things change, only only 10% of the businesses in Chattanooga are owned by African Americans, and only about 14% are owned by women. So we really want to see those trends change, and I think we can we can do that. We're seeing um, – you know, with the, with the the – entrepreneurs that we work with, we're seeing, you know, some pretty amazing things happen. But to move the needle, I think that just needs to continue to grow and our efforts need to continue to grow as a community around that. But um, if, if, you know, I think, I think micro business in general, because a lot of these, a lot of the entrepreneurs are starting there. Um, and, you know, I always find it interesting that we talk a lot about businesses that start we're kind of expecting home run hits out of the gate, you know, the very first time. I mean, Bill Gates had a couple of startups before he, you know, before Microsoft that were that were total, you know, sort of bombs or at least not nearly as exciting. But if we could sort of have that expectation, I think that that we're all kind of evolving as people that we all learn from our experience. The first startup experience I had was like getting a PhD in it. You know, it was just I got immersed, I got entrenched, I had to do everything in the in the that the business demanded. I played every role. I learned so much uh, about about what it actually took to start business, and that's not the same as as you know academic learning, but it's it's in the trenches learning. And so I think we're all doing that. And so if we can see these businesses, you know, get out of the gate, start, and then maybe try other things, uh, whether their first uh, their their first go at it is a huge success or, or even not that large or whatever. But if we have a longer view, if we're a little more patient, I think um, those things are, are really important. I guess the other thing for me is I'd love to see, I think, um, I think we would all agree that capital is something that we need to see more of here on every level. I mean, both for, um, you know, companies that have a technology focus or a growth focus, uh, as well as those that are, you know, very small and just, just, uh, you know, starting there too. Great point, um, Hal. And I also like, you know, to your point, kind of failure is an option. Yeah. You know, creating that, you know, environment where it's okay to fail. We we celebrate failures. Uh, you know, is is really critical. And yeah, absolutely on capital. And that's where you know, we've been so intentional about the external story and working with other partners on the external story, so that we start to attract more of those uh, capital partners. But you're right. I mean, what kinds of things can we do collectively as a community to to court more capital here or facilitate that? You're you're absolutely right, and back to your point on on kind of the, the diversity inclusion standpoint. You, you're right. I mean, communities are evolving. You know, we as a community are evolving, and and as we evolve, we need to be more inclusive and acceptable of, of everyone, right? And um, that's what I love is we as, as you you know we're so focused. I know at the incubator too, we have I think it's 43 percent of our clients are. Uh, minority-owned or female-owned enterprises. And and so I love that that's a focus of yours. I'm sure, Marcus, you guys are, are very intentional about that as well, which um, we should all celebrate because we have a real opportunity to to make more you know entrepreneurs feel uh, welcome here. And as we all know, that's what emerging leaders look for too. I mean, it creates this whole kind of vibrancy in a community when uh, you walk around and you know we all look different. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. And so um, way to go. It's exciting to see what everyone's doing in that space. Too. Yeah, I, on on the challenges, um, 
you know, I, I see it as more of an opportunity because I don't think we've put um, a ton of effort around it. I know certainly we have put effort. I know the chamber has been a big driver of this, but I think other organizations have to take up the mantle around championing what Chattanooga is doing outside of the region, right? So marketing expansion is one of our strategic points um, in our plan. And that's about how do we go tell this story to folks outside of the city? Um, I think, you know, a, a recently announced win that the city's had is we're having Steve Case and the Rise of the Rest Tour come through Chattanooga. This is an incredible validation of everything that we've been talking about, right? And that others are taking notice um, you know, that's a huge opportunity, not only from an investment standpoint, um, but also expanding the marketing message, all of the things that we talked about are the positive things of Chattanooga. Somebody will now get to take this and like a bee, you know, rub the little pollen on them and take it back um, to their respective cities or flowers or whatever. The analogy breaks down a little bit. But, um, but I do think that, that that is a place where we've got to put um, increased focus around you know, telling the stories of entrepreneurs here in Chattanooga, telling the story of why the city is incredibly attractive from entrepreneurs from other places. Um, and then with that, I think you'll see companies also come, um, you know, companies that are a little more mature also come because now there's talent, there's support, and there's um, a culture for supporting those types of businesses. And if you might, real quickly, Mark, you might give us some background on Rise of the Rest. I mean, we're one of the smaller communities, yep. right? And so, so a little bit more on why Chattanooga versus other cities. Yeah, so it's it's an incredible story, um, really driven by this community that we have here. So when we look at the cities that are going to be on the tour um, for 2018, it's Dallas, Memphis, Birmingham, Chattanooga, and Louisville. Um, and so when you think about the relative size of Chattanooga amongst those other cities, um, you know, we are not a capital and we are not large, right? So there's been this um, groundswell of, of activity and chatter around Chattanooga really for the past few years. Um, there are a few things that have been a catalyst for that. Access America was a big exit um, that, that garnered a lot of attention. Um, but then also you look at Cam Duty and what they've done over at Bellhops really started a groundswell and an interest in what we're doing here in Chattanooga amongst the folks at Revolution. Um, and so Chattanooga, I believe, came in second a couple of years ago in popular voting for a city that would be on Rise of the Rest. Um, and so we missed it uh, a year or so ago, but they came back and they were incredibly interested in what we were doing here and how we've grown. And I think, again, the folks at this table, um, along with a number of other folks in the investment community, helped continue that growth. And so when the opportunity came back um, for us to put in a proposal for the city, um, you know, I think it was very clear that we were a city that was emerging and on the rise and represented really the thesis around Rise of the Rest, which is that there is extremely successful entrepreneurial ecosystems being built outside of the coast. Um, and that's the thesis of the whole Rise of the Rest tour, is that there are really cool things being done by startups, not in San Francisco, not in Boston, not in New York, but right here in the heartland of the country. Um, and I think Chattanooga reflects that as well as any city that's been on the tour. Great. Okay. Thank all of you for coming here and doing this. Uh, we're going to move on to our pitch segment next. Uh, with Felicia Jackson and CPR Life Rap. Felicia Jackson came up with the idea for CPR Rap in a dream. 
All right, here we go. There we go. Let's pull it out. And I'll just shake it. Boom. Right. That part goes in the mouth. Okay. And it just, you know, lays on top of the person. She's in good company. Descartes famously discovered the scientific method following a series of bizarre dreams involving ghosts and the unreliability of our own senses. He wasn't satisfied with the fuzzy unreality of dream worlds, so he developed a method for reliably describing the real world. Similarly, Felicia has spent the past year taking CPR app, a disposable plastic guide for CPR administration from dream to reality. Well, I've always been a serial inventor. And, but, you know, an incident happened in my life when my two-year-old uh, almost choked to death. And me being a medical professional and CPR certified, which was every year at that time, froze. My mind went blank. So, uh, thank God, my husband was there saving his life. But I knew, you know, if it could happen to me, it's happening to people everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then the more that I got into it, the more um, data that I, you know, uh, obtained and, and I knew, you know, maybe I can do something about this. But it didn't hurt that, you know, I have very vivid dreams. And because this weighed heavy on my mind, I actually had a dream of someone requiring CPR. And this person was getting CPR and I saw, remember, something uh, um, laying on top of that victim. And I woke up, like, ooh, what was that? Traced it, what I saw, and put it in the book, sat on it for about two years and um, went to a book club where one of the facilitators, Alexis Willis, um, was there. She was a facilitator for um, Launch at Chattanooga. And she said, you need to come to my class. You know, you're always talking about things that you've invented. You know, let's, let's put it to the test. And I did, and that image on the paper became a product. At the end of the day, that determination is what made a founder. The ability to see something that others can't and the will to make it real. Yeah. Well, the process, you know, because I'm very proactive. Once I set my mind to something, you know, I don't wait for people to tell me how to, you know, follow through. So, you know, I went on Google, you know, asked questions and found out, okay, first, you know, I'm telling people about this. I need to get a patent for it. And um, found out, you know, I know I couldn't afford, you know, an attorney at the time. So, you know, I'm a micro business or micro entity. And for $65, I was able to get my uh, non-provisional patent. Uh, with it and that gave me a year to, to really do it so I went from physical therapist assistant to not knowing anything about the business realm to being a pro in plastics you know I can tell you a lot of things about plastics uh, trying to find a manufacturer that took me about six months we are joined now by Felicia Jackson with CPR Life Wrap for the pitch she is going to give her pitch for her company to our panel of experts here. Um, Felicia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We are happy to have you. Uh, dive in whenever you are ready. In 2002, my two-year-old son was the victim of a choking incident. I was working in the medical field and CPR certified, but instead of doing what I was trained to do, I froze. My husband stepped in, saving our son's life. But it was then that I knew if this could happen to me, then it's happening to people everywhere. And it is. 
According to the American Heart Association, more than 350,000 out-of-hospital cardiac arrests occur in the U.S. every year, with 92% of people dying even before they reach the hospital. Hello, everyone. My name is Felicia Jackson, inventor and CEO of CPR Wrap, a patent-pending disposable CPR template that empowers any bystander to perform safe, effective CPR. CPR wrap is made from a durable but pliable plastic with an attached one-way valve mouth barrier for rescue breathing, visual hand placements for proper compressions, and simple CPR instructions that can be easily translated into any language for more global usage. They come in sizes of adult, child, and infant at a $15.99 price point. Our target market is the lay responder, people that don't know or know very little CPR. Our plan is to partner with medical device distributors, first aid kit and AED manufacturers, school systems, hospitals, and large retail chains to strategically reach our end users in this $2 billion industry. To date, we are vendors for Walmart, two Tennessee school systems, HCA Park Ridge Hospital, and the University of Tennessee Colleges. We've generated over $30,000 with a projected revenue sales of $350,000 for 2018. It's not a matter of if it will happen, but when. Be prepared with CPR rap. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Mm. Gets me the chills. Um, I'll kick things off. Uh, I already know a lot about your company because we just toured your facility last week. Yes, yes, yes. Um, If I were an investor, uh, why should I invest in CPR rap? You should invest in CPR wrap because of the scalability of the product. First and foremost, you know, I'm representing my product. I am my brand. So when you see me and my passion and my enthusiasm of this product, it should bring you on board anyway. But when you see the potential of sales and the outreach that it could provide for not only people here domestically, but internationally, you know, that should also entice you to to invest in my company. I'm enticed already. (laughs) What drew Walmart to your product? Oh, Walmart. Yes. Well, that was another um, aspect of it. We were thinking because the product has so many verticals, mm-hmm. you know, that we could uh, um, uh, dev, uh, dive into. Walmart was just um, just something we thought, well, you know, it's not just about the medical, um, the medical, the people in the medical field. You know, we want to reach those retailers as well. You know, we want people to be able to get this product in many avenues as possible. So, I mean, that's a big, big retail chain. So it was a no brainer for us. Oh, it's kind of like you want everyone with a purse to have one in their purse. You want exactly. everyone with a backpack to have one in their backpack, right? Exactly. I mean, ultimately, every individual should have one. Yeah. Now, that, that's a relatively new development, right, Felicia? Yes. And how, how difficult was that? I was, I'm just curious how to work with, with a large uh, retailer like Walmart? Well, we it's, it's, it is a new partnership, and uh, now we're on the process of actually onboarding uh, our information into their site. So not only will it be walmart.com, it'll be jet.com uh, and Sam's. So um, the actual process has been daunting, but the end process, I know it's going to be great. I mean, we're going to be in front of millions of people, and uh, I cannot wait to see what that's going to bring. Can you share... A little bit about your how you marketed this product and got traction. There's so much attention put on high tech products, and this is intentionally a low tech product that has applications for any human being that wants to live. How did you go out and find people that would support, 
you know, this type of a product where high tech is taking up so much oxygen in the room? It was an it was not an easy feat by any means. Uh, very, very hard uh, in the world of tech, tech, tech. I mean, but once again, that brings me back to my passion and my determination. You know, when I figured out that this product, you know, which is a life saving product, a medical product and a product in itself, you know, it's, it's so hard really to get out there. Um, I had to arm myself with the knowledge, you know, that I needed to know that, you know, all these people are affected. It wasn't just me. You know, I'm trying to solve a problem. And I say the life is the most precious thing on earth. And it is. And when people see that, they become human uh, invested in it on a human plane, on a human basis. So um, social media was my best friend. You know, I went on all of them, LinkedIn, even Pinterest. You know, I mean, and I wanted to get the word out and let people know my story. And once I found out that people all around the world um, even went through things such as I have, you know, it was it was a no brainer, you know, because people always say, why didn't I think of this? Um, where has this been, you know, for so long? Something so simple, so simple. And so my thing is to get this non-tech version out. But, you know, I'm always thinking. I say I'm a serial inventor. And so, you know, we will incorporate some tech technology to it. But right now, you know, we just want the simplistic form out. Well, Felicia, I think it's a, a story. Your story resonates with so many people. I mean, I know I was out to dinner once with my husband, and he choked. And literally, I stood up in the restaurant. It was not here in Chattanooga. And yelled, Does, can anyone help? I, I knew he was just, you know, just for me. I, and plus, I don't do well in emergency situations. But uh, that is sidebar. And, and literally, people were just staring at me. And the staff, I mean, at first, I started with staff. None of the staff had been trained, and I was shocked by that. So it took a policeman sitting behind us who came over and saved him. I mean, he he would have died. And you know, when you think about that, um, it's it, it's such a compelling story that you have that that I would suspect, you know, I don't know if it's you know one out of every two people you've talked to have either been somewhere where this has happened or someone that, whom they love. And so um, you think, gosh, I, yeah, I need to be prepared for the next time that happens. Yeah, I agree. It's a story that resonates with all of us. And you know, I've heard you talk quite a bit, Felicia, about about the problem that's out there that I don't know what the percentage is, the small number of people who are CPR trained, but then out of the ones who are CPR trained, because people don't use it very often, they don't have to use it very often, they tend to forget how to do it. So your product addresses all of that. All of that, as well as the protection-wise, and that's that percentage is 80%. You know, 80% of people in me being a medical professional and CPR certified, I mean, it really, really hit home. Uh, And it was actually one article where the CEO of the American Heart Association, the director, the head guy, uh, actually went into cardiac arrest. And because he was at a symposium surrounded by other uh, CPR instructors, I mean, he was in the right place at the right time. But imagine the people that are that are are not as uh, beneficial as he was you know he was saved thank goodness and and you hear these stories all the time and I tell people that you know my job as an inventor is not only to get this product out you know to not only help people you know to overcome things that I have actually personally went through but we as a people are I always say we are reactive you know, we're never really prepared for things like this, you know, but I'm trying to teach people to be proactive. You know, so I have two jobs to do and uh, I'm, I'm up for the task. I mean, can you just give us a little bit of insight on the development of the physical product? And then I don't think people have an appreciation of, of how portable this is now. Um, 
you know, I have two kids. I can't imagine there would be a reason why I wouldn't have two of these things on me in the car. You know, if you got a baby bag, why wouldn't you keep one of those next to a pacifier in your bag, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And that was that was one of the things I thought about when I actually made it. It was funny. I, I actually got the – people say, who did your design? Well, my design was given to me in a dream. You know, I saw the look and, you know, traced it down and, and, and got the prototype done. But my thing is it needs to be portable, affordable, and simplistic. And – you know, being on the medical side of it and also a parent, you know, I'm exposed to both sides. So I get it. You know, I get it. And so I was just taking what I knew to be true and the things that I would want in a product and put it into what we have now. So but yeah, it is very portable. Uh, the things that are out there now, you can only perform CPR on people eight years and older with the CPR wrap. Newborns can use it, right. you know, so um and that's my hope. And, you know, it should be for everyone, for everyone. And that's also what, what went into the price as well. You know, I wanted to make it affordable. Um, I did my feasibility study, my market analysis and, you know, talked to the experts. And, you know, they were telling me $50, $60. But I'm thinking, yeah, I could have, but I don't want to. You know, I don't want to. You know, if I can ha- make my company self-sustaining and offer a product you know, that can benefit everyone, all economic background, you know, anyone, you know, not just the the rich or the super rich. And I think everyone should have this product and, you know, everyone will have it by the time I'm done. You're talking about the price of the product, right? So I think, I think that, yeah, that's a really great point because it is, it is really nice, especially I was thinking about the the comparison with like an EpiPen and there's been so much controversy around the price of the point of the EpiPen and all that kind of thing. So I love that, that you, that you want to keep it affordable just to be able to make it more available to everyone. But the other thing I love is that you've just, you know, you've continued to evolve and I love the latest look of your, you know, but I mean, you're talking about the product design when you talk about that uh, product design, but your brand design and your product design both look awesome right now. Uh, you've continue to work on those as you've grown and uh they're they're uh they're good it shows thank you so much thank you so much yeah we did a we did a pivot you know and I think uh, I'm not scared of growth I'm not scared of uh people you know giving advice you know I think that's you know the great world of entrepreneurship I mean you have to grow with the thing if you want to reach the people that you intend to reach and um we are we are on this trajectory to uh to and we went to actually went to a um something called the ECCU in New Orleans. And that was where we first presented the product to the professionals in the industry, you know, to the doctors, to the uh, like Zoll. I mean, first um, American Red Cross, American Heart Association, just everyone that's um, in this field. And they love the product. They love the look, you know, and that's the look that you see now. And we knew that we were we were headed in the right direction, you know. So and there's still more to come. Like I said, I'm forever thinking of what the next thing will be, you know, but that's my entrepreneur, my inventor's mind. But thank you so much. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I have one final question for you. Have you framed that original prototype yet? Not yet. That was the prototype I took to um, Shark Tank. <laughs> And it was so funny. Uh, I was embar- I should not have been embarrassed, but that that was me in the beginning stages. Um, I was embarrassed of that little piece of paper. You guys have to see it. I am going to frame it uh, and I'm going to show it to the world to see what it was to what it is now. Yeah. It's something to behold. You got to give us a 30 second version of Shark Tank. If you if you you know that story, you can't just leave us hanging. Really. Uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Felicia, I might for real quick to just say that's a beautiful part of the story. And for other, you know, people out there with amazing ideas that you, you can start on a piece of paper, it can start on a napkin and turn into a viable, successful, impactful business. And hers was even smaller than that, it was on the on an index card that she showed me in a book club. Yeah. And well, I always say she made the mistake of telling me she had an idea. And then I dragged her into my first time facilitating for launch. Um, and then like from there, she, she is where she is, but like, it's cool to know that she started from an index card and has three prototypes from there. It's really nice yeah. to see. You did get me on that path. I did not know any of this was out there. So, you know, I definitely thank you for that. And, uh, it, it is, it's, it's a journey and to see people from the outside that see it looking in and, and they're amazed, but you know, I guess you, I have blinders on, so, you know, I'm just dead set on what the vision is and what I need to do. So and to hear people and to hear you guys, you know, say, you know, what you see from the outside, it, it makes me feel wonderful. And it gives me uh, the push that I need to keep going because it, this is a hard business and, and you need people around you. We need cheerleaders. We may be running out of time, but can I ask one more question for her? Uh, we were talking about Chattanooga, you know, the ecosystem here and what it's like for startups here. And you've done that successfully, but you've also traveled enough and been around enough to see what it's like in other places. I wondered if you maybe could just talk a little bit about what what starting a business in Chattanooga has been like, unique to Chattanooga, specific Chattanooga as compared to other places, in your opinion. Yeah, well, I'm uh, born and bred here in Chattanooga, of course, uh, so I can only tell you a lot about what is here and to know that we have the places, you know, such as SCORE, the Incubator Collab, Launch, uh, the Urban League. I mean, I took advantage of all of it, you know, all of it. And and I would assume that most, a lot of places, well, I would know that a lot of places, they, they don't have that. Um, so I am very happy that we as Chattanooga in our entrepreneur ecosystem, we're able to entice people to come and learn, you know, what we have. And by any means, we're not done growing. We still have a lot of growth uh, to to accomplish. And and I know that we will. You know, people are on this panel. If we have anything to do about it or say about it, I know it will happen. So I think I'm blessed, you know, with what we have in Chattanooga. And that helped me because I know if it wasn't for you guys here at this table, you know, I would not be where I am. And I can truly say that. You know, I do have the drive, but you still need help. And, uh, and I'm glad that we uh, collab, you know, um, the incubator and um, launch of Chattanooga are reaching out to cities outside of Chattanooga uh, to help them attain what we have, what we have learned and still learning. That's great. What about on the capital side? Oh, the capital side. Well, you know, uh, the capital side, I guess we would talk about like investment type deal. Um, that is a good, yeah. I wish that we did have more investors, you know, that were willing to take a chance uh, on product based services instead of just uh, high-tech companies, but hopefully those people will be enticed to, to see what's here in Chattanooga as well. Uh, mine, actually, you know, and I tell people to keep people in your network and in your corner, you know, that can help you, right? Because if it wasn't for me to talk, if it was not for me talking to someone that was in my network that wanted to help me, I would not have been, been introduced to my attorney, who then introduced me to my investor, you know, which actually got us to pivot and get a product like we have now with our design. So, yeah. So one thing affects the next. It's a great story. 
Um, and hopefully we get to tell many more from that ecosystem going forward. Um, I want to thank all of our guests again for being here today. Uh, again, Marcus Shaw, CEO of Colab, Alexis Willis, Director of Small Business and Entrepreneurship at The Incubator, Al Bowling, Founder and CEO of Lunch Chattanooga, and Felicia Jackson with CPR Life Wrap. Thank you all so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. We are honored to talk to you, and we look forward to what the future of Chattanooga's startup are going to look like. Thank you all for what you do every day to build a dynamic ecosystem for startups here. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, Thank Thank you. you. Chattanooga Works is a production of the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce. It's hosted by me, Jeremy Henderson, and Christy Gillenwater. Production and music by Eric Lissica. Our executive producer is Sybil Topol with editorial assistance from Amanda Ellis. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again in two weeks.